Thank you for listening to this sermon from Goodwill Church, located in New York's Hudson Valley. Goodwill Church is on a mission to be a hub of revival in the Northeast and beyond. For more information about our church, please visit goodwillchurch.org. Now, here's the sermon. Let us pray. Lord, it's amazing to just hear um, what awaits each and every one of us. And, and Lord, expand our minds. Help us to catch a glimpse of your holy city as you sit in the center of it, our God. We thank you and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I hear different conversations, you hear a lot of times this word, and it's about boundaries, right? And either somebody is explaining to somebody else what their boundaries are. I'm willing to accept this. I'm unwilling to accept this. You might have a neighbor and you might have an issue and you put up a fence and you are just stating that there's a specific boundaries, right? And there's that saying, um, fences make good neighbors, right? And, but I believe boundaries can also be applied to what we just heard, to what awaits us in reference to heaven. One can say that boundaries clearly define the sacred and the profane. And when we think of boundaries, here's a list of certain things that happen here that will not happen in heaven. Or should I say things that we do here on earth. In other words, we have armies. We have the machine of war. We have nuclear submarines. We have tanks. We have guns. We have bullets. We have bombs. We have items that will destroy whatever needs to be destroyed. We have firemen, police officers, EMS, all of those who provide those jobs of safety or to be able to um, intervene in somebody's life. You have a pastor, a chaplain, a church. You have doctors, nurses, anesthesiologists. Right? All of these things are the things that happen on this side of the cross. To take it a little bit more personal, right? It's like we have medicines that we take. For some of us, as we look at January, we might be thinking, okay, I need to have a diet, right? That only happens on this side of the cross, right? 
For some of us, we are thinking, hey, I, I need to just exercise more. That only happens on this side of the cross. The labels that tell you what's in the food you're eating only happens on this side of the cross. Right? And we're grateful for all the people who do those jobs. But then there's a boundary that once you get to the other side of heaven, all of these things that impact our lives in one way or another, we're not going to find on that side of heaven. And there are certain things that Jesus himself explains in reference to boundaries that can impact our lives now. He says it in Matthew 19, verses 4 and 6, where he talks about marriage. Right? That marriage is supposed to be a specific thing between a man and a woman. Right? And that's where we are allowing the imagination of heaven to impact our lives today. So that we would have a different life today. So that we don't have to wait until we are called to heaven. Right? Just think of some of the things that we do. Right? We just heard about a baptism class that we're going to have in January. That only happens on this side of the cross. Some of the things that we do in a worship service only happen on this side because we can't even imagine what worship is going to be like in heaven. And what we see is a specific boundary that God has set up. A boundary that can be beneficial to your life and my life today as we await this calling. And when we think of heaven, just from the very things we just heard, right, we, we know that there's going to be at least one river. There's going to be a throne, and everyone's going to be focused on what's happening in the center of that throne room. Worship is going to be happening in a way that we have never experienced before. There's going to be angelic beings crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And everybody's going to be falling on their face. You're not going to be worried about what hurts, what aches, that you didn't get enough to sleep. The things that consume our mind is going to be removed from us because the only thing we are going to be focused on is God himself, right? Just think about the things that bother us. Some of us could be sitting down, shifting our weight because one cheek hurts over the other, right? That's not going to happen in heaven. We're not going to be worried about, well, what are we going to be doing this week after services this, today? We're not going to be planning out the things that we plan out, right? Some of us, we have a list of doctor's appointments. 
And we do that to do our best to have the best physical life on this side of the cross. Only to know that tomorrow it's going to hurt just a little bit more. Because according to God's word, this tent in which we live in is being destroyed little by little by little by little. And then we're going to have a God, according to his word, that one of his first actions for you and for me is that he is going to step down and wipe away every tear. From our eye. You know, it's it's hard to imagine. Right? Like, like think of your best experience here on earth. Multiply that by a million. Right? It's almost as if our mind cannot even comprehend. And John is trying his best to communicate to you and to me what he is seeing with his limited experience. Right? And he does an amazing job. Hear these words. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Right, so there's many commentaries. Right, um, some say that these new heavens, right, in, in other words, if you look at our atmosphere and you look at outer space, that those two spaces will be replaced with this new heaven because where God is, that cannot be replaced. Right, that the first heaven and the first earth are going to pass away. And the sea is no more. And here's a piece about the sea in reference to the ancient world, right? The sea was always something that was unpredictable. The sea was considered kind of dangerous, right? It's, the sea sometimes would overstretch its boundaries and consume some of the land. The sea was uncontrollable. One day it would be calm, and two seconds later, there's a torrent of, of an event happening. It was unpredictable. So the thing that creates chaos in your life, the sea, is going to be eliminated. And I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, right? Imagine this Jerusalem just breaking through our atmosphere and taking its place. 
prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. I know that when I got married, there were certain boundaries. Right? In other words, I was not able to see my wife before she came down the aisle. In other words, when I saw her, when those doors opened, that was the first time everyone in the congregation saw her. Right? And, and at that moment, my heart was just captured. And it's the very thing that most individuals, when they get married, right, they allow their hearts to get captured as all of a sudden they're able to see past those boundaries. I think that's why sometimes I have a problem today, right, where in marriages the two couples choose to see themselves before the ceremony as if they diminish there are some, certain things that we should hold as sacred in our lives. Because at the end of the day, it isn't so much about the marriage. It is about what the marriage points to, which is God. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither there shall be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. He says, behold, he, he wants us to see, see what's happening. That there is a throne, and upon that throne is the Lamb, Jesus, who went and died on a cross. And he did that in order to take care of sin and death for you and for me. And he says by these words, right, that there is a boundary. And that boundary only allows us to have access to the Father only through Jesus. There's no other way. No other way to gain access. And that he will wipe away every tear from our eye. And the very thing that sin stole from you and from me, which is death, mourning, crying, the pain that comes from loss, Imagine, heaven will experience none of that. As a pastor, I've seen a lot of people take their last breaths. Right? And, it, and it's odd. It's with some individuals, it's like the people that are in the room, it's almost like, oh, thank God. They're no longer suffering. And then and some other people is they're heartbroken, right? And, and, and I sit in the middle as a pastor trying to make sense of both. And I, and I understand, right? But here's the thing, right? 
The experiencing of death was never supposed to be your story and my story. And God, through Jesus, is restoring the very thing that was broken back in Genesis. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to say that what was promised to us through the first Adam is not better than what we get with Jesus. Let me say that again. What was promised to us in Genesis that was broken is not better than what we get with Jesus. Because with Jesus, we get the real thing. We get God. Right? These are the verses that many times we read at a funeral service. Right? And the hope is that these verses are able to lift a grieving individual's heart up. Right? To know that this pain, because here's the thing about lost and grieving, right? It doesn't go away on this side of the cross. If you as an individual have been able to share the deepest part of your being, which means that you extended love to somebody, on this side of the cross, grieving hurts. And according to these words, when we are transported into God's presence, that experience no longer is going to impact your life or my life. Think about every time that a holiday passes and your loved one's not here, do you really celebrate? Or there's that part of you that just aches? Or when all of a sudden we celebrate a birthday and we notice that somebody's missing. Or maybe there's a loved one that passed away and there's a broken relationship and you say, what's the sense of all that? How can a mom or a dad treat their child the way they do? How can a human being be the way they are? How can a human being love this person and show contempt to this other person. How does that happen? And here's what you and I are promised, that in heaven, none of that will happen. That should get an amen. amen. None of it will happen. Like even now, I know our hearts are aching because some of us have lost somebody. And if you haven't, just wait, because we will. We don't escape it. The only way you and I escape it is if he comes now. Right? And that's what it promises at the end of Revelation. Right? He says, Lord, come now. The very thing that caused death, pain, suffering, 
According to God's word, he will be thrown into the lake of fire to be taken care of. And the thing that causes that pain will be eliminated forever. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Right? Imagine. I am making all things new, right? It's, it's like, can your mind even comprehend what that means? Imagine not having to call the police. Imagine not having to call 911 for help or an emergency. Imagine not having to call the church for a pastor because somebody's in distress. Imagine not having to call the plumber because your toilet's overflooded. Imagine not having to tune the instruments of worship because they never go out of tune. Right? We can't even imagine how heaven's going to impact our lives because we can't compare it to anything here. Imagine not having to set an alarm to wake up, to go to sleep, to take a pill, to go exercise, to go... None of that. I'm making all things new. And here's what he tells John. Write this down because these words are trustworthy and true. I'm not a betting man, but he's probably saying, and if you're going to bet on anything, do it here. And then he said, it is done. Right? And when I hear those words, th- those are words of prophetic God speaking into the future, but also affirming today in our lives that it is done. So when we sit and we worry and wonder, is God going to do it? Well, according to his word, it's done. It's done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The very thing that we need, he would provide. Have you ever been thirsty? Thirsty to the point that no matter how much water you drank, it doesn't quench the thirst. His water will satisfy. And as he gives it to you, he's giving it to you out of his love for you. He's not looking for you to do anything for him. Without payment. The one who conquers will have his heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Right? Just hear those words. Right? These are words, right? So remember where we started, right? Allowing 
heaven's boundaries to impact my life today. Where I can allow God's words to encourage me to live away, in a way, for my family, my friends, for everyone I'm encountered with. These words are about an invitation right now. He's inviting you in, but as much as there's an invitation, there are those that are not going to receive the invitation. But to the cowardly, faithless, detestable, as for murderers, sexual immorality, sorcerers, idolaters, all liars, right? All of those things that are opposite of what God would honor. All of those things right, will be cast into the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. In other words, from God's point of view, there's going to come a time he's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. Then came one of the seven angels who has the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb, right? I just need your mind to just hear these words that the angel, the one who brought destruction also is the one who's showing John, right? the life after this life, and he is just saying, come on, I'm going to show you this group of saints that are waiting to see God. Right? And here's the question. Who are the saints? Hey, guys. Right? We are the saints. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Right? So here's the picture, right? Jerusalem is coming down, and it's almost as if John is transported, and he's watching this event as Jerusalem is settling in its new position. Right? It has to be overwhelming. Having the glory of God, its radiance, like the most rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. Right? He's using the most precious things in his time to describe what he is envisioning as he sees what this angel has just shown him. overwhelming, right? Because here's the thing, right? In this new place, there is no impurities to get in the way, hinder what God wants you to see, right? And, and what you see before you even see God is you see his glory, his radiance, right? It, it's just shining, 
You won't need glasses. You won't need cataract surgery. You won't need, you know, things to increase your sight because you're just going to see perfectly. Right? I got hearing aids about two months ago. Right? And, And hearing aids are an amazing tool. Right? But here's the thing that happens with hearing aids. Right? Like, whatever the background noise is, that gets amplified. So that dog... (laughs) Right? So I might hear you well, right? But guess what? I hear that dog pretty clear. (laughs) Right? In heaven, there won't be any of those distractions. Right? It's, it's, you and I really cannot imagine the distractions that we are being bombarded with every single day. Think of every time you get disrupted from the task that you are doing. Right? They say that it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to get back to doing the thing you were doing after that interruption. And in heaven, we're, we're not going to have any of that. Right? We're not going to be worried about the things that worry us. To allow heaven's boundaries to impact my life today. It had a great high wall with 12 gates, and at the gates, 12 angels. And on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the sons of Israel were inscribed. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. On the west, three gates. And the walls of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Right, so here we have the Old Testament, New Testament coming together. God does not forget Israel. They are important to the worship experience. They are the ones that we see early on in the book of Revelation. Worshiping God as they're casting down their crowns. It is overwhelming. Overwhelming to even think of what awaits us in reference to God. Right, so here's what I am going to do. Right, so I'm going to read the rest of verses 15 through 27. Right, you can read along with me. Or you can just listen to these words and allow your heart to get captured by God. Because these words are more descriptive of 
what John envisioned. Revelations 21, starting at verse 15. And the one who spoke with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lied four squares, its length the same as its width. And he measured the city with his rod, 12,000 stadias. Its length and width and height are equal. He also measured its walls, 144 cubits by human measurements, which is also an angel's measurement. The wall was built of jasper, while the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with every kind of jewel, the first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carlinian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysopaz, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, each of the gates made of a single pearl, and the streets of the city were pure gold like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, the Lamb. And the city had no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gave it its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will be the nations. By its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring into its glory and the honor of the nation. But nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. So nothing that impacts our lives in a negative way will be in heaven. Right, just think about that for a minute. Nothing. But the only thing will be the glory of God to the point that you don't need sun and moon to bring light because God himself is light. That word to be with us, to tabernacle, right? It, those are those Old Testament words, right? Where we would hear the rabbinic teachers talk about the Shekinah glory of God, right? The, this glory of God that just shined. Imagine what Moses experienced, 
when all of a sudden God passed Moses and he was only allowed to see his backside, that Moses' face just glowed of God's radiance, right? So imagine each and every one of us there in the presence of God as we are shining his light back to him. Right? It's, it's, we can't even imagine it. And here's the thing, right, that the temple in which was measured and laid out is a, a small picture of what was built in the Old Testament. But according to God's word, in this place, Jesus himself says, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it would not so, I would not go and build a place for you because if I go and build a place for you, I will come back and take you to where I am. And then we have Thomas where he says, Lord, we don't know the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But at the beginning of John chapter 14, right, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. To believe. To believe that God's boundaries can impact my life today so that I would be able to live a different life today. And not worry about the things that we worry about. And let me, and it's not to say those things aren't important. Right? But I think God wants us to have a godly perspective on all of it. And my hope is that as we are looking at the beginning of this year, this new year, and the close of this Christmas season comes to an end, right? Because remember, this past um, Friday, right, January 6th, was um, the Three Kings Day, right? That's where, again, where those of Hispanic descent would take a shoebox of hay, and they would stick it underneath their bed, right? And in the morning, the hay would be gone, and presents would be in the boxes, right? And because the kings came and they left their presence. And, but that's behind us now. And Christ was born in order to die so that we would have life. Thank you again for listening to today's sermon. For more resources and information about Goodwill Church, visit goodwillchurch.org. God bless.